It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Wednesday episode of Locked on Raptors, free agency is just about 24 hours away from opening up, which means there's plenty of intel to round up from around the various insiders in the NBA. Seems like Fred Van Vliet could be returning to the Raptors on an extension that has been long rumored, but seems to be getting close per Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report's latest news dump. Also in that news dump, some word on Thaddeus Young and a potential nice team-friendly return. We'll get to that. Plus... Chris Boucher, what's the deal with him? Haven't heard his name thrown out in anything. Is that good? Is that bad? We'll talk about that. And to close out the show, some thoughts on some mid-level targets who have been tied to the Raptors in various news dumps around the league. We'll get to all that and so much more on your free agency primer edition of Locked on Raptors. Thanks for being here. Oh, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked on Raptors, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 1205 of Locked on Raptors for Wednesday, June the 29th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter at WoodleySean. You can also find the show at Locked on Raptors. And you can follow, subscribe to, rate, review the podcast on all your favorite podcast apps of choice. For the low, low price of On the House, it's much appreciated to find the show in audio form that way. And you can also go to YouTube and see it in video form every day. Take the plunge. Look at my face each and every day. I'm sorry in advance, but it's much appreciated when you take the time to support the show that way as well. Even if you're not going to watch the videos every day, the subscriber number is very, very nice. and makes me feel good and strokes my ego, which is all I really ask for in return for putting up this very free podcast. All right, today's show, which is, of course, your first listen of the day, is brought to you by our pals over at Arcade 1-Up. Locked On Raptors and the Locked On Network are partnering with Arcade 1-Up to give away three 
free NBA Jam Shack Edition machines. That's right. Three of them are going to Lucky Locked On listeners. These, of course, are the folks known for making the incredible retro three-quarter scale at-home arcade games like Pac-Man, Golden Tee, and more. You can enter to win on arcade1up.com slash locked on. That's arcade1up, A-R-C-A-D-E-1, the number up up.com slash locked on for your chance to win one go check them out because we all love nba jam and we all love free agency baby it's rumor time it's speculation time it's conjecture time it really is uh, a delightful time to be an nba fan because it's all dumb and stupid it's basically like wrestling and we love it it's silly it doesn't mean anything but it lets us talk about and have a good time nonetheless talking about the potential free agent moves that could go down uh and so yeah on today's show we're going to dig into the latest regarding the raptors and their different pursuits of various players both inside their own employ already and not so we'll get into that the, the latest news dump from jake fisher has a lot of good juicy bits in there about the toronto raptors including thoughts about fred van Vliet, a potential extension that could be signed this summer and thaddeus young seemingly set to come back to the raptors reportedly a two-year 10 million dollar deal in the works for thad young to stay in toronto which is a big deal and sort of has ripple effects for the rest of how the offseason might go there's also a little bit of news about the salary cap and the luxury tax which is kind of boring but all that it essentially amounts to is the luxury tax has gone up like 1.6 million bucks which means the raptors have a little extra wiggle room under the luxury tax there's not going to be a tax team this year because they're not in the title contention window and it's you know prohibitive to be a tax team many many years over and over and so they're trying to stay under that tax line and it seems like they'll have a little extra wiggle room to do that and potentially a little bit more money to throw at a Thad Young or Chris Boucher or a Utah Watanabe, any of their unrestricted free agents to work with. So we'll get to that on today's show. I also want to talk about Chris Boucher, who no one seems to be talking about, and I don't know if that's good or bad when it comes to his potential return to the Raptors, so we'll get to that. And then at the end, I kind of want to talk about a couple of big men who are interesting as potential targets. One, not so much anymore because he was traded, but you would assume he's probably going to be deadline fodder or potentially could be moved on again. That's Nerlens Noel, who is now a Detroit Piston after the Knicks have sold their souls to sign Jalen Brunson? Sure, that'll work, Knicks. This is going to work wonderfully. Uh, but we'll talk about Nerlens Noel and also Mo Bamba, who was not going to be going back, was not tended the qualifying offer by the Orlando Magic, will be an unrestricted free agent, and has been a guy that I know lots of Raptors fans have been interested in, and he was tied once again in a piece by Jake Fisher to the Raptors. So we'll get to that and why I don't really love the idea of throwing a bunch of money at another center because they've already got a bunch of guys in house, but I can also see the argument for it. We'll get to that. But first, we should talk about Fred Van Vliet, who, with the potential that he could sign an extension, like this is always kind of a thing that was out there this offseason, uh, but it does seem as though that is even more likely to take place as uh, Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report had a big news dump today putting out all the latest intel from around the league. And I know lots of Raptors fans are like, well, Jake Fisher said something about OG Ananobi and you don't like him. Eh, just get over it. Uh, it's, it's all part of the deal. You peddle in rumors. You peddle with what people give you. He very much did a good job of contextualizing said rumors. Uh, Jake Fisher is actually good at his job. Either way, uh, Jake Fisher pointed out in his piece today that Toronto and Fred Van Vliet, quote, appear to be headed towards a contract extension that could approach four years and over $110 million bucks. Sources told Bleacher Report that he is young is expected to sign a two-year agreement worth at least $10 million to rejoin Toronto. We'll put that on the burner for now. We'll talk about Fred first because this is obviously a really big move. If they can't extend him for four years, 
I believe this would include him opting out of the final year of his contract after next season. And so he would have this year and then that extension would hit on the book. So essentially the next five years will be locked up with Fred Van Vliet in tow. He's 28. So you've essentially secured him for his entire prime. And I don't know what the hell's going on. There have been some weird Fred takes thrown my way over the course of the offseason in the comments, Twitter, whatever it might be. Seems like people are really kind of missing the point with Fred Van Vliet and how damn good he is. He's really good at basketball. We saw last year he was an all-star and a deserved all-star for his play in the first part of the season. He was very much rightfully in the conversation to be an all-NBA player for the first half of last season. Things went downhill in the back part of the year because he was horribly injured and couldn't move. And yes, that's not ideal. You don't want guys who break down or whatever, but... It was all kind of agreed over the course of the first half of last season that, wow, what Fred's doing is amazing, but he's clearly being overextended and being asked to do too much to keep this Raptors offense flowing. It was before Pascal Siakam really hit his gear sort of late December to the end of the season when he was just so consistently fa like fantastic. He was still kind of getting his sea legs there in that December period. December was also a weird month because, like, you know, there was COVID and stuff like that. But Pascal really kind of got into gear in the back part of the season, you know, once the calendar flipped over to 2022, and he became the engine of the offense. And we didn't really get to see the ideal version of Fred Van Vliet playing off of that because he was hurt, because he had carried the team on his shoulders for the first half of the year, and it obviously caught up with him. He played a lot of minutes. The Raptors didn't really have a contingency, did not have him play a lot of minutes. That's not a Fred problem. That's a Raptors problem. That's the problem of the front office for not having proper backups in place and guys who could soak up those minutes. That's on Nick Nurse for not properly managing his rotation. That's not a Fred Van Vliet thing. By any means, Fred, by every measure, was one of the best guards in the NBA last season. He is one of the best defensive guards in the entire world. We know this to be true. He's famous. He got a finals MVP vote for how he guarded Steph Curry in the finals. It hasn't gone away. He's gotten better in a lot of ways. Sure, Tyrese Maxey got by him a little bit in the postseason. Again, he was very hurt. Very, very, very hurt. And was clearly not himself during the back part of the year with the knee and whatever the hell was going on with him. You had, uh, you know, just all the impact numbers, everything like that suggests Fred Van Vliet, really, really bloody good, really effective when it comes to driving winning. Uh, this past season, playing on the Raptors, 2021-22, looking at cleaning the glass, Ben Falk's site, wonderful site, subscribe to it. Uh, he was in the 84th percentile in terms of on-court point differential. He was a plus 5.9 uh, in terms of on versus off when he was out there. He was even higher earlier in the season. He had numbers that were like kind of not Nikola Jokic level, but like next tier below in terms of hilarious on-off disparities. Fred Van Vliet was in that tier until he got hurt and until Pascal Siakam kind of became the bellwether for all that was good with the Raptors. The Raptors offense got better by 3.3 points per 100 possessions when he was out there. Their effective field goal percentage got better by two points per, or by two full percentage points when he was out there. That's in the 82nd percentile of all players driving positive effective field goal percentage. 76th percentile of driving offensive turnaround. They also got better on defense when he was on the floor. They were a minus 2.6, meaning they gave up 2.6 points fewer when he was on the floor than when he was off in the 72nd percentile. The opposing team's effective field goal percentage dropped 2.1% in the 82nd percentile. All of these numbers suggest that when Fred Van Vliet's on the floor, good things are happening. And it just is insane to me that there's this like view of Fred Van Vliet out there that seems to be like, oh, he's a gunner. He shoots too much. He had to shoot too much in the start of the season. They were injured. They had guys in and out of the lineup. They had guys getting their sea legs and figuring things out, recovering from shoulder injuries. Like, 
what does he have to do to like i don't know make you a believer he's a really really bloody effective basketball player who was i think anyone would admit overextended in parts last year with the way the team is coming together next season with the way it's all coalescing around scotty barnes and pascal siakam likely taking up the mantle as sort of the two main initiators for this team that's how i want to see it for sure fred will have his role obviously but scotty and fred sorry scotty and pascal are the guys who will you would think be the drivers of a lot that the raptors do next season much like that they were in the back part of the year when they were very clearly the two best players on the team it's totally fine to have Fred VanVleet making 28 and a half million bucks a year, which is what it's kind of projected to be based on those numbers, based on some projections. Like that is a totally fine number to have Fred VanVleet making as your third or fourth best player, probably your third most important player in terms of the amount that he impact, impacts the game with how, how much he handles the ball. Obviously the big defensive assignments he has, the way he allows the Raptors defense to play the way they do because he's so bloody good at dig downs and being the second guy on the scene to force turnovers and things like that. Of course, we know about the hustle stats. He ranked third in the NBA this season in deflections per game at 3.9 behind only DeJounte Murray, a former all-defense player, and Derek Walton Jr., who played uh, three games. So among players who actually played games, Fred Van Vliet was number two behind DeJounte Murray in the same class of players as Matisse Thibel, who we know kind of stinks, Gary Trent Jr., Alex Caruso, Lonzo Ball, Robert Covington, Herb Jones, Paul George. Like These are the guys, OG in there as well. He's an elite defender. We know this to be true. It doesn't just change because he was hurt in the back part of last season. And I think you kind of must have like a goldfish brain if the only thing you remember about Fred Van Vliet is what we saw in the back part of last season. He was injured. Guess what? This happened to Kyle Lowry back in 2014-15. He got hurt then too. And it, you know, it sucked. He was overextended that season. He came back, you know, from, from injury. Or no, so he didn't really come back from injury. He carried the team when DeMar DeRozan was out with injury. And then that overburdened him as the season went along. And he wore down. And guess what? The Raptors learned from that. They learned to manage his minutes. And his health was really not all that much of a concern in subsequent years. Yeah, there was the thumb thing in the, in the playoffs. That seemed unavoidable. It's just weird, fluky basketball luck you're going to hurt your thumbs. He rolled an ankle in the second round against the Cavs in 2017. Again, that's not breaking down or anything like that. That's just stuff happens in basketball when you roll an ankle sometimes. Fred VanVleet's fantastic, and if you can extend him and ensure that that part of this core is locked up, the guy who was closest to coming off the books with his deal potentially opting out after next year, you can get him locked in and ensure that you have a really good supporting cast for Scotty Barnes as he grows into whatever he's going to be, that is such a no-brainer move for the Raptors. I can't imagine there would be any disagreement with doing it. Imagine any team out there who has had a star, Luka Doncic, any, any, Anthony Davis on the Pelicans, whatever it is. If you had any of those teams and you said, hey, we can guarantee that we can lock in a core that includes Fred VanVleet, Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, maybe none of these guys are the best player on a championship team, but they're all there to be there when your potential guy who can be that best player on a championship team becomes what he can be become, you would have all of these teams lining up and just being like, please, please, our teams are destitute. We got nothing around these guys. Pretty pleased to ensure that we have this very good rotation around them that we can ensure will be there for a long time. Like, this is what good teams often don't get. The like teams with great players often don't get the chance to do because they've gone and gotten the one guy and then it's like go time or whatever it might be. 
or you just are crappy at drafting and you don't have a good team around this guy that you've brought in who's your sort of franchise changing you know pillar foundation type guy the raptors have that and fred van vliet's a huge part of that and i don't want to hear anything well 28.5 billion is too much you should make 25. it's not your money who cares they can go over the cap to re-sign these guys anyway they're going to be able to maintain under the tax the cap is going up in coming years as well with a new tv deal coming in and everything else don't worry yourself with the cap minutia that's what the front office is there to do just be happy that they have Fred Van Vliet on the team for long term. Maybe I'm just yelling at people who aren't even mad. Maybe I'm preaching to the converted. But Fred Van Vliet's awesome. And if you don't think he is, I frankly question whether or not you understand basketball. Because Fred Van Vliet is the kind of guy that you win basketball games with. Not to mention the fact that he's like a culture setter in the room. Everyone looks to Fred. He's the vocal leader of the team. He believes and talks about the right things. Like... Fred Van Vliet rocks, and extending him is such a no-brainer, I can't even believe there would be anyone who would disagree, and I hope there's not, because Fred being on this team is much better than not having Fred on this team. You know, if you want to go move on from Fred and have Malachi Flynn be your point guard, good luck. That's not going to get you much. So, there we go. Fred Van Vliet, if that extension does in fact come to pass, awesome move by the Raptors, a no-brainer move, one of the top priorities I think they should have had this offseason taken care of, beautiful, taken care of, lovely. All right. We're going to continue on, and we're going to talk a little bit more about some guys who might be returning to the team, and both Thad Young and Chris Boucher will get a sort of read on where they are, and then we'll close out with some thoughts on some guys who might be rumored MLE signings or minimum signings or whatever kind of signings you want uh, for the Raptors at the back part of the show. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at... Sakara, who are a wonderful, wonderful company who and believe that feeling best, feeling your best starts with what you eat. Sakara helps you live a healthy, balanced lifestyle and truly enjoy it with delicious, plant-rich, transformational nutrition that builds a foundation for living in your best body. Now is the time to seek wellness, joy, and abundance in all areas of your life, starting with what you eat. With Sakara, you get nutrient-dense meals, snacks, and supplements that nourish your body without ever sacrificing taste or quality. Looking and feeling your best shouldn't mean deprivation. Instead, choose and choose joy and abundance like me i always choose joy and abundance i'm not very healthy about it sakara feels like a baby way that they could uh help me out with this so sakara's organic plant-rich transformational nutrition programs are designed to help you cultivate body intelligence so you can nourish your body and experience the results that you want sakara is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plants their nutritionally designed chef crafted breakfast lunches and dinner are made with powerful plant-rich ingredients helping to increase your energy boost your digestion curb your sugar cravings and get your skin glowing plus it's all delivered right to your door ready to eat and now sakara is offering our listeners 20 percent off their first order when they go to sakara.com uh, slash locked on 20 and enter the code locked on 20 at checkout. That's sakara.com slash locked on 20 with the code locked on 20 at checkout to get 20% off your first order. That's sakara, S A K A R A.com slash locked on 20. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. 
Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, we continue on here with your first listen of the day. Sorry I lost my mind talking about Fred Van Vliet. I think the comments in some recent episodes, uh, which I need to stop reading the damn comments, but uh, I think some comments, it's just like the general sort of tone and tenor. We did a whole episode about the weird takes that seemed to fly around about Fred Van Vliet uh, a couple weeks ago with Katie Heindel, and it just it doesn't make any sense to me. It baffles me. But either way, shout out to Fred. We love Fred here. All right, let's get now to the other business Thad Young and Chris Boucher. We'll start with Thad. Again, per Jake Fisher, seems like two years, 10 million bucks Thad might be receiving from the Raptors to stay in Toronto. Obviously, we don't know what the details on, you know, would the second year be non-guaranteed or whatever. The Raptors are going to have a bit of a cap crunch next summer, but they'll be able to work around it, I'm sure, especially if it's going up a little bit here. Um, and, you know, the, the Fred extension at least kind of gives them some solid, you know, solid no knowledge of what it's all going to look like going forward, too. So that's a helpful, valuable thing to have knowledge of now a year out. Gary Trent Jr. might come up. You know, that's something we can talk about another time. But I think uh, with Thad Young, two years, 10 million bucks. I mean, that sounds perfect to me. I, I know there's sort of a bit of a disagreement or a bit of, uh, you know, a rift over was it worth it for Thad Young? Was he even like a valuable piece of the team down the stretch? And look, he was not great for long stretches during the back part of the season once he arrived. He, you know, they, it was hard to find the best lineups for him. I think the fact that a lot of guys were out of the lineup between Fred and OG made it difficult to find those really good lineups as well because you would think those are two guys who fit wonderfully with Thad. OG's a wonderful cutter. You can work off the elbow stuff you run with Thad. Uh, you know, obviously Fred, just as a shooter, provides so much space and opportunity for people elsewhere. And I think Thad kind of got a bit of a raw deal in terms of the guys he was asked to play with last season. It just it never quite got rolling. And we did see, however, that in lineups where he was playing alongside Scotty Barnes, Fred Van Vliet, Gary Trent Jr., Pascal Siakam, all the main guys in the team, those lineups whipped ass they were really really good and i, I think that's sort of a, a thing that kind of makes me excited about what th that thad can be over the course of a couple full seasons in toronto getting him acclimatized to lineups kind of get him into a rotation a bit of a pattern a rhythm where you can play with certain guys you know we saw some great simpatico with chris boucher for example in the postseason hitting him on cuts I just think Thad kind of hits a lot of the boxes the Raptors look for. He's a good defender. He can put the ball on the deck. He's a good passer. Um, you know, obviously he doesn't shoot quite at the rate that you would want, but he did hit some threes last season. It was kind of nice. He had the step back over Joel Embiid in the playoffs, which was like the greatest thing in the world, probably worth the trade on its own. Um, and just to go back to the trade thing too, they dropped from 20 to 33, and they got a guy in Christian Coloco who they had said was, you know, top 20, 25 on their board anyway. And of course, they're going to say that to make themselves sound smart, but I buy it. Like, I, I, I totally understand why Christian Coloco would be a Raptors type dude. So they got their guy anyway. So I, I think for me, the deal, if they re-sign him, it becomes an obvious no-brainer deal because you get more Thad Young and more opportunity for him to just sort of establish value and do positive things for the team. And that was always the thing coming in, right? You know, I always hearken back to that first Messiah presser after the trade deadline where the first thing he said about Thad Young is, yeah, we got his bird rights. Like, that was a pretty clear indication to me, oh, yeah, they're going to try to re-sign this guy because they value the bird rights and they value talented players who are six foot eight. 
I also think Thad kind of found a basketball utopia a little bit here because, you know, he's played on these teams his entire life where is he a three, is he a four, where does he fit in? He had that nice little run with Chicago where he was like a small ball five and a playmaking four, and that worked really nicely. And now he's on this team where he's like with his people. Oh, six, eight dudes who pass and play defense? Hell yeah, let's go. Like, it really does feel like a perfect place for him to kind of apply his trade. And as an eighth man, I think it's a wonderful piece to have on the Raptors roster. It obviously makes things a little tricky in terms of, you know, rotations and how you're going to sort of assemble things, you know, once you get into next season. But I think the fact that a Scotty Barnes figures to be like a pretty prominent ball handler the next year, he came in branded as a point guard. I feel like he's going to kind of be more a guard than a forward next season in a lot of ways. And so that kind of opens up another spot in the forward rotation. And again, we have to stop talking about the Raptors. I fall in the, the trap of it too, but we've got to stop talking about this team through the lens of positions because positions don't matter, baby. They're made up. It's construct. And so I think Thad Young being on the team kind of fits that whole bill as well. Um, you know, two years, 10 million, it's nice. And it also leaves a lot of money left over if you want to give Chris Boucher a big balloon payment for one year or two years or whatever it might be. I think there should be something there for Chris Boucher now. Uh, you know, I was worried. If, if Thad Young is going to command $10 million bucks, does that mean you have to choose between Chris Boucher and Thad Young? In which case, I'm choosing Chris Boucher for sure. But, you know, having Thad at $5 bucks a year, reported, not, you know, it, it, you know ironclad or anything like that. But if that is what the reporting is and that's what happens, then I think that leaves the Raptors lots of wiggle room to keep Chris Boucher and then also use their mid-level to sort of maximize what their roster can be with the resources they have at their disposal. Disposal. And, you know, to Chris Boucher, you know, that's one we have not heard a lot of, a lot about, you know, his name's not been really tossed out, out as a, you know, a, t- a guy that teams are coveting or anything like that. I thought maybe a team like Memphis might be a bit of a threat there because they, uh, you know, they prioritize offensive rebounding. That's a thing Chris Boucher does very well. Maybe he fits in it as a nice bench piece for them, but they also have a lot to sort of sort through in terms of their front court between Steven Adams making a ton of money and Xavier Tillman and, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. So maybe that's not really want to expend those resources because, you know, the, the Grizzlies are really good already. They, they're not a Chris Boucher away from being a title team or anything like that. I think they're just kind of internal growth away from that. So maybe that's not something to do. They also just drafted like four dudes in the draft. Uh, so they probably don't have the roster spots to go throw. They had to give up DeAnthony Melton for a first round pick. You know, that, that's just, uh, they don't have a ton of roster spots to, to work with. So I, I think I'm not really worried about Chris Boucher getting signed away by some other team at this point, because there's not a lot of teams with cap space. And if it's a mid-level exception thing, the Raptors can go ahead of that and, and you know, offer 15 million bucks or so, I guess up to like 16 and a half, if this luxury tax increase is going to happen. And we've talked about how the Raptors have about 20, 21 million bucks or so to work with uh, in order to keep both their mid-level exception and to sign both of their guys or, or any free agents they want, obviously. You know, Yuta Watanabe is a, a pending UFA as well. Seems like he might be on the outs at this point, but we'll see. Either way, uh, I think the sort of radio silence on Chris Boucher is probably a good thing. We haven't really heard any rumblings or anything like that about some other teams trying to poach him. And it seems like other teams have higher priorities than Chris Boucher. And honestly, I've made this point before. Chris Boucher and the Raptors is kind of a perfect marriage. They play a style that is perfect to the type of player he became this past season. And I don't know if Chris Boucher is finding the same success he had as a player this year somewhere else because, you know, there's an understanding there. There's a knowledge of how the player works and, you know, how the team works and what the system is. And he really took that knowledge and applied it last year. It was fantastic and was a wonderful, wonderful role player. I went through, you know, the, all the different things that he did during my 
player review episode for him if you want to go back and listen to that from a, probably a couple of months ago now and dug into like how he was a more impactful player than basically any of the six man of the year candidates chris boucher was a more impactful in terms of driving winning player than anyone jordan clarkson tyler hero all of them run down the line chris boucher in his minutes where he averaged what nine and six was a more effective bench player in terms of driving winning basketball than any of them so I'm hoping he's back. We haven't heard anything, and I'm going to assume that's good news right now because it probably just means it's sort of like a foregone conclusion. We shall see, but that's kind of the read on the current pending free agents for the Raptors, Thad Young and Chris Boucher. Yuta Watanabe, I don't really have thoughts on, honestly. I, I think maybe the time has kind of come to sort of part ways or whatever. I just don't know if there's a ton of uh, of leeway for him. I think this past year was his chance to sort of carve out a role with the Raptors, and he didn't quite do it. He just couldn't hit shots, couldn't uh, you know stay on the floor enough to make himself uh, useful and, and sort of indispensable going forward. So it's a bummer because Utah is a delight. We love watching Utah, but it does seem like perhaps he might be on the way out, which, uh, you know, that that is what it is. This is the way that works for bottom-end roster turn in the NBA. Either way, we're going to come back on the other side here now that we've talked Thad and Boucher and get into guys who are not on the Toronto Raptors, may never be, but could be. So we'll get to that in just one second here. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at betonline.net, your number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, news, including you got the Stanley Cup finals are over, so you got the futures for next season to bet on. You got Major League Baseball going strong. The Jays are uh, beating the hell out of Boston this week. You love to see that. Go bet on them beating them again tonight. Uh, you also have all the wagering information you might need. you got injury reports, podcasts to give you all the breakdowns of where you should be putting your money. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to go check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, golf, tennis going on right now too, Wimbledon. That's really fun. Uh, I recommend you just go peruse. I'm not much of a gambler myself, but I do like to make a bet once in a while, and there are some fun ones out there. You can go put some money on a championship future or an MVP future or something like that. It's always a good time. Put money on Scotty Barnes being an all-star or something. I don't know if that's there, but it might be able to. And that'd be fun. Either way, head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet online is where the game starts. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, we have reached the final segment of today's show. Going to round up a little bit more in terms of rumors of guys the Raptors might be sort of involved with when it comes to the back of the roster, mid-level exceptions, etc., etc. So let's start quickly with Nerlens Noel, because that came up. That was a report from Ian Begley at ESPN yesterday uh, that quickly got thrown in the trash because he got traded to the Detroit Pistons. But I'm kind of intrigued by Nerlens Noel Nonetheless, he's a guy the Raptors seem to have kind of had their eyes on a little bit for that backup center spot in the last couple of years. I think he was rumored at the deadline as someone they might go after. And I, I'm fascinated because he got traded to the Pistons. And the Pistons don't seem like a team that's going to have much use for Nerlens Noel. And I wonder if you get to the deadline or midseason or something like that, and the Raptors are trying out this thing where, hey, Christian Coloco, We'll let you run with the backup center job right now. We're going to fill in those minutes with other guys and forward types anyway. Precious Achu is going to take the line, share the minutes at the spot. We'll see what Coloco can do in 15, 10 minutes a game, whatever it is. And if there's 
you know, growing pains. If he seems like he needs some G League seasoning, maybe they kind of opt midseason. All right, let's go get a more tied, you know, tried, tested and true backup center. We can bring into play those 10 to 15 minutes that we need filled. And Nerlens Noel to me is pretty interesting as a fat potential guy. Obviously, the Raptors have like Ken Birch in store too, and they could just use him in that spot if he's better than he was last year, which who's who's to say? He was really hurt last year. Maybe it was just a lost season for him, and he comes back revitalized next year. That would be lovely. I'm rooting for it because I love Ken Birch as a guy. Um, the player last year was not a terribly fun watch, but you know, Nerlens Noel is at least a guy that kind of piques my interest a little bit as a, hmm, maybe he's like a deadline type guy to kind of keep your eye on because the Raptors seem to have been keeping their eye on him for a couple of years now. I don't think he's any great shakes necessarily. I think he's fine. He's a fine 10 to 15 minute backup, but, um, you know, if the Raptors find themselves in the need of that, if they just need some extra center minutes soaked up by somebody, then Nerlens Noel could be that guy come deadline time. However, they could also just go sign someone, I suppose, this offseason. And we've talked a lot about the, uh, you know, the the, the situation with uh, how the the MLE should be used, the mid-level exception. We talked yesterday in the mid-level madness episode about how guards and wings are kind of what we'd like to see. Go listen to that episode if you haven't yet. Um, you know, I am still in the camp. I would like to see some ball handling and guard play and or shooting kind of brought into the fold. Probably somewhat bigger. I don't want like a six-foot guard necessarily, but, you know, I mentioned Dante DiVincenzo as a potential guy. If the Kings aren't going to keep him, which they might, um, but maybe there's a rift there. Who's to say? Maybe you can poach him with an offer sheet for a mid-level. I don't really know. It's probably unlikely, but that type of player is kind of what I would like to see. You know, Malik Monk we've talked about. Gary Harris, I think, is a wonderful, wonderful candidate if the Raptors can get their hands on him. That would be awesome. But another guy who's popped up is Mo Bamba, who is a center, very large center at that. He's like seven foot two. He shot 38% on low volume from three this season. He, you know, kind of had his first real season of actual NBA impact this year. And if you're looking for that backup center spot, we talked about this yesterday with Isaiah Hartenstein too. If you're looking for that backup center spot to be a little bit more solidified than just hopefully Christian Coloco and hopefully a revitalized Ken Birch, if you want to go get another center in there, Mo Bamba is a pretty good candidate. He's 24 years old. Like, there seems to be some upside there. He's huge. He would be the biggest player on the team, which they don't have a lot of large people. Just Even just as a guy to throw up against Joel Embiid, he seems like maybe a guy that you can do that for. At least he has six fouls to burn. So Bamba's interesting. Like, I don't want them to go and sign a center right now. I would rather them see them use the MLE on a wing or a couple of wings or whatever if they're going to split it up over two guys. That's really where I think they should be targeting their interests here. But I also know this is the Raptors and they can't get themselves enough long dudes who are suspect in terms of offense. And Mo Bamba might be their kind of guy. So I'm at least a little intrigued by that one. Uh, again, I, I think just roster construction wise, it seems weird to like load up. You draft Christian Coloco, then you go and sign a big with your best free agent resource in the mid-level exception. That seems a little bit, you know, off to me in terms of like balancing the roster, but Again, maybe it's something where they strike out on the wings they want and Mo Bamba kind of fits the system and they feel like maybe this is a guy we can revitalize his career a little bit, turn him into something, who's to say? But I do think Bamba's at least, if they are going to go for a center, he's kind of the, the archetype I'd go for. Young, upside, does some interesting things, has shown some propensity for shooting. Maybe it's real, maybe it's not, but he is an interesting guy. As far as like other guys, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of 
connections tying any sort of wing players or anything like that to the Raptors. I hope that that we start to see that sometime soon here. Gary Harris, baby, that would be just like an absolute dream if they could get Gary Harris on this team. But um, yeah, that, I just that seems like kind of where things sit right now is there's a lot of speculation, a lot of sort of dudes out there. That's the thing I keep coming away with is it seems like there's more mid-level guys then there are mid-level exceptions that are going to be handed out. And so I wonder if maybe this is a situation where the Raptors kind of waited out a little bit and say, hey, we didn't get our main guy, but we got five million bucks for two guys each, and then we bring them both in, and that's just a little extra depth. I could totally buy that as like a building plan here just to ensure the Raptors have some depth and have more than eight guys you can trust. You know, if they bring back Thad and Boucher, which seems likely at this point, then you're going to have, you know, an eight-man rotation of, you know, Barnes, Van Vliet, Siakam, Ananobi, Trent, Achua, Boucher, Young. That's awesome. A couple more guys in there would not hurt whatsoever. Coloco is your number nine. You got Kem in there. Um, you know, I think they could build themselves a pretty deep team here. I, I'm very fascinated by what happens with this mid-level exception. I'm sure we'll get some sort of news dumper report by the time this episode even posts. So apologies if this is out of date, but uh, that's kind of the read on that right now. And as far as like wish list goes or anything like that, I do think like Gary Harris, that type of player is very clearly top of the list. Delon Wright as well, I think is right in there too, is sort of my dream targets with that mid-level exception. And then beyond that, you know, it, you start splitting hairs and then it's like, okay, Mo Bamba or, you know, Patty Mills or, you know, some guy who's maybe one dimensional, then I might kind of start skewing towards Mo Bamba. If you can get some kind of two-way wing, not an easy commodity to find in the NBA. If you can somehow find a player like that for 10, 11 million bucks on the MLE, that is an absolute score. And it would really, really help, I think, balance this roster out a little bit too. So that's what I got for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back again tomorrow. Uh, Katie Heinle, I think, is going to pop on the show. We're not exactly sure what we're going to talk about because we're kind of at the whims of the news. So we'll keep that uh, open for now. Uh, I'll be occupied during the starter free agency tomorrow, so nothing like live or anything like that in the evening, but definitely Friday morning if anything breaks during Thursday night, we'll be sure to break all that down for you here on the podcast on Friday. So with that, thank you very much for making us your first listen of the day. Go make your second listen of the day locked at NBA as they are keeping track of all the rumors across the NBA as free agency draws very, very near. Uh, find me on Twitter. You see it there on the screen at Woodley Sean. You can support the show by going to YouTube and subscribing, subscribing on your favorite podcast apps it's all very appreciated when you take the time to do that it's free to do uh to support the show and it's much appreciated when you do that so thank you we'll talk to you again thursday with another episode of locked on raptors bye-bye hey prime members you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.